and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. You are joined with Will hosting today and a very special guest who has joined us, Scott Butler. Hello, Scott. How you going? Thanks for having me. Welcome aboard. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. I've been in a real jam this week with Aaron dipping out and looking after some school kids late in the piece uh, on camp. I've kind of been scrambling around to say... Who's out there that uh, I know and can rely on to give me some good college football insight? And then your name popped up in my head and I thought, fuck yeah, let's hit Scott up. How are you doing, man? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. On a bit of a high at the moment with Georgia's ranking. That's um, right. Yeah. And perfect time to get you on board. I mean, you're a big Georgia man. Uh, we played together at the Chiefs, obviously. We did. Uh, uh, for a, a couple of years there. and. Enjoyed our time together, and I, I distinctly remember you're a Ch- Georgia fan, very proud Georgia fan. And I am, proud at the moment. Absolutely. They, they've kind of snuck their way back into the top four. Not quite sure how, with a pretty ugly loss to South Carolina on the record. <laughs> I think a lot of us Georgia fans don't know exactly how it happened, but we'll take it when we can. Absolutely. It's one of those ones where it's early enough that you've now got a really good shot of, of making it in. So thank you very much for joining us, and for all those listeners out there that are thinking oh we've got a will episode i'm hoping it's kind of yes we've, <laughs> we've got no aaron it's a will one it's it's not like a meg episode in family guy where you're like fuck a meg episode i don't want to watch this shit it's it's good you're about it i guarantee it's going to be good excellent that's what i like see there's that positivity that aaron often lacks in these so in today's episode, we obviously have the Week 12 preview, so that means that we get another excellent uh, serving of my South Pole, where I'm going to give you my top eight picks that I think, uh, as opposed to what we've got in the AP poll or the college football playoff. Uh, you and I are both going to give out some bold predictions, so it's always fun to have a, a guest slant on these sorts of things. You cannot do any worse than Aaron. Yeah, well, I've had a th- think about it today. Um, I wasn't sure if it was too bold or not bold enough, but I've got something that I'll throw in. Excellent. Sounds like a real uh, Goldilocks deal here, but uh, it should be great. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, after, after that, we'll go through the game previews. Uh, there's some really good matchups this week. We've got another four or five ranked versus ranked matchups, which is always awesome. And then some really sneaky good uh, other matchups there that could definitely have. Uh, a say on the rest of what we have for season 2019-2020. After that, we have the championship draft. So you get the uh, wonderful opportunity to select someone for Aaron. Try and help him out a little bit if I can. (laughs) I I don't know if he needs any help at the moment. He's smoking me. So maybe if you could just throw in a little red herring or something. I'll see what I can do for you. I'd appreciate that. (laughs) And then we're going to bring it home on the punt. So that's, that's the one that I'm sure everyone's waiting and listening intently for because of the success that we had last week and over the last month. One of my favourite segments for sure. Absolutely. So we will finish off with that one and, and I'm feeling really good about it. So moving on then, uh, we might kick off with a, a bit of news uh, that's come out. So we touched on this in the last episode, Chase Young and his pending suspension. On the back of uh, an alleged uh, money loan that he'd received from... Uh, a family friend in order to fly his girlfriend over to the Rose Bowl last year. Yep. The NCAA were investigating and it looked as if he was facing a four-game suspension. They have come out today and said that he will be given a two-match suspension. So that that means he misses last week's beatdown of whoever it was that they absolutely destroyed, Maryland. Yep. And now he's also going to miss out on this week's Rutgers game. I'm sure he'll be shattered, suspended against two of the Big Ten's worst teams. I believe Ohio State are going in as the heaviest favorite for a road game ever in the Power Five. So, (laughs) what a game uh, to miss. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) I don't think it's going to hurt them so much. But as I kind of mentioned last week, uh, I'm not. I'm not disappointed with that. Like, I, I want to see the best players play. I don't yep. want him missing those big matchups. So, he can take this slap on the wrist. They made their point. We get it. But us as a viewing public get to see the best young players playing. Yep. Which is what everyone wants. That's what you pay the money to see. And it's kind of the way I look at it is with the NCAA, why bother? I mean, two game suspension against two of the worst teams in the Big Ten. It's almost just NCAA penalizing kids for being poor. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's one of those ones. That it, ju- it just seemed odd. It, it kind of came out of nowhere and... Uh, yeah, it it someone wants to be known, and it's it's not what they should be doing. They should just be trying to put out the best product. Yep, and and that's what we all want. All right, moving along, uh, the college football rankings have come out again this week. So we kind of touched on it earlier uh, with your boys probably providing the biggest surprise this week. So yeah. a lot of people out there expected Alabama to drop, but probably stay in that top four. And, and myself, I, I expected that. But uh, that wasn't the case. So we had LSU jump up into number one on the back of their very impressive victory uh, on the road. Uh, we had Ohio State move to two. So they absolutely smoke a team for whatever it was. And move down a spot to two but i think they've got enough opportunity ahead of them now to probably flip that back up with a couple of big matches on their schedule still clemson at three who i don't know when are they going to play someone yeah yeah <laughs> uh and then your boys georgia sliding in at that sneaking four spot, into number four yeah which which is interesting certainly uh after that we have alabama at five oregon at six utah at seven minnesota made the move up to eight uh, Penn State down at nine, and then Oklahoma, I find interestingly, all the way down at 10. So it's very much looking like it's the Big 12 on the outside looking in uh, mm-hmm. at this stage of the year. If you're talking about taking four conference champs uh, or even three conference champs and then a second SEC team, then the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are the ones on the outside, but it looks like there's still a considerable step ahead for the Pac-12 over the Big 12, which I'm not sure how I feel about. I mean, Oklahoma's got a big game this week against Baylor, so, I mean, that will be a big part to say with how that moves up. Yeah, so it certainly provides them an opportunity. Okay, let's, let's move into the South Pole. All right, hit me with your number one. Here we go. Okay, so this is uh, obviously for those out there who... You're probably all familiar now, but a quick recap. This is my ideal scenario of the top eight teams uh, in the country. And this is based off of predefined criteria of the five conference champs from each of the Power Five conferences, two of the next highest rated, and then one group of five representative, whoever the best one there is. So for me at the moment, I'm sticking with Ohio State. Uh, The poll jumped LSU up, I am not. Ohio State have still shown to me that no one's really got near them. Yep. Uh, and, and that's where I am. I have LSU at two. They are very good. They've beaten four ranked teams this year, or, uh, and I don't think anyone else has done three. I, I agree with those first two. I definitely like those first two. Ohio State, I'm still a bit upset about Justin Fields. Obviously, going from Georgia, I still think Georgia would be the same as they are now, even if we did have him. But I do think they're the best team in the nation, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Justin Fields has been impressive. But I think you guys knew that when he was with you. you yep. It's just that you had Jake from, and how can you turf a dude who's been nothing short of, you know, spectacular? Yeah. Like, he, he, he's not the sexy player that I think Justin Fields is, but he steps up in the big moments. He does everything that's asked of him, and he's going to play football on Sundays. So. Out of all the problems that the football team can have, that is not one of the worst ones to have, that's for sure. Correct, correct. So after those two, I've got Clemson in at three. Uh, they're still really good. We don't know how good because they haven't played anyone, and, and we can keep saying that, but it's going to keep happening until you know they, they shape up. But, but yeah. there's still a team who I think could get into the semifinals and then smokes someone in the semifinals kind of like they did last year like we just don't know we've we've had that one scare against North Carolina that was concerning but outside of that they've been pretty good and there's a lot of talk about maybe a few cracks there but I still think they're a bloody good team Uh, and then after that I've got Alabama at four okay so (laughs) now see I even as a Georgia fan I can't dispute that um, I think if Alabama and Georgia were to play this weekend, we would not be going in as favourites. Yep. Um, so I think Alabama at four. Although I'm happy Georgia is at four, I think Alabama at four is fair. There we go. Look at that. Uh, uh, impartial SEC fan. Uh, I, I, may, I may be a big Georgia <laughs> fan, but I'll be fair. You're a realist. Okay, <laughs> I like it. Um, after that, I've got Utah at five, representing the Pac-12. Still have them as my team. Yep. Uh, Oklahoma in at six, representing the Big 12. I then have your Georgia Bulldogs in at seven as my second at-large team. 
And rounding it out, I'm sticking with Navy. They are still the team for me from the group of five. And we're going to get to see how they stack up this week with their big matchup against Notre Dame. Uh, I, th- I think even if they do win that, there's going to be some skepticism because Notre Dame have a few question marks around them. But this is a huge opportunity for that program. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think, yeah, Navy are in for a big game this week. Um, I do like them. Um, I probably would have put Georgia at five after Alabama, um, even though Utah have, I know that's the third best defense in the country. I think they're number one for run defense. Um, I still think we have the best defense in the country at the moment. Um, and I think we're kind of hitting our stride at the moment and we're start, our O-line's starting to pick up a bit. Um, so I'd probably put us at five. But apart from that, I think your top eight's pretty fair. I like it, mate. Yeah, thank you. And you're right with Georgia. I mean, when you look at them, they have an elite defense. Their O-line probably hasn't been as good as they were built up to be, mm-hmm. but they're still really good. Yeah. And then they have an elite quarterback. Like Those are some pretty good pieces to have in terms of what you want to build your team around. So they might not have the explosive playmakers on the outside like Alabama and Clemson, but that's a pretty handy spine to have. Um, on the bubble for me, I've got Oregon as the team that's that's just missing out at the moment, if I had to slide one in. Uh, and then I've got Memphis and Cincinnati both jostling right behind Navy, ready to take that spot there. After that, you're kind of looking at your Minnesota, Penn State, Baylors, and they're going to get an opportunity with, with games to make their mark and potentially jump into that group. Yep, I agree. I think especially Minnesota. I think Minnesota's got a good chance to kind of move their way up. Okay, yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's move this along now. Let's get into the bold predictions. So we we did normally tack this one on the end, but I liked last week's feeling about it. It was good fun getting it in early. I I, I got a little bit more juice out of myself with it. I backed it in and I almost fucking nailed it. Like who would have thought the over-under would be at 90 points in that? And I, I fell three short, but I was pretty happy with that. Uh, but let's let's hear from you first today. So All right. So, for us? so sticking with your over and under that you guys had last week, mine is also to do with over and under. Um, and mine's to do with the Georgia-Auburn game, being a Georgia fan. Uh, the total for that game at the moment is 38. Uh, my bold prediction is that there's not going to be a single touchdown in that game. I think both have good defenses. Um, I think the total will actually go under 15. Um, my prediction is 6-6 in the fourth quarter, so two field goals each, and then hot rod, so Rodrigo Blankership, to kick the winning field goal for Georgia. <laughs> okay, there you go. So an old-school SEC matchup. Yeah. Because that's what like most people would have become accustomed to in the SEC, these you know daunting SEC defenses that everyone raves about, and... I mean, they're, they're still really good. Auburn's, I really like. Georgia's, yeah, yeah. The the numbers say that they're an elite unit, but I think the game's just kind of changed a lot now, and the innovation, the the umpiring, like the fact that you know it's it's a very offensive game. There's a lot of offensive or well, defensive pass interference and sort of that stuff that's kind yep. of opened the game up. That I don't know if we're going to see those sorts of things again, but it's certainly. An opportunity and... Yeah, it, it, like I said, I, I thought I was going pretty bold with it. Um, I just think, yeah, um, going and playing um, up in Auburn. I know I haven't been there myself, but I know for, I've heard from people that it is a bit hostile environment. Um, it's an environment that I know Jake Fromm hasn't played in since probably when he played LSU last year. Um, so, yeah, I just think both defences will be going at it and it will be a very defensive game. Yeah, Kempi and I were lucky to get out there and, and the whole War Eagle thing before the game and then they did the stripe the field with the, the orange and blue across. It was it was an awesome day. And Andy Adams, actually a friend of the show who's who sat in your seat uh, on a couple of occasions for us, is going to be at this game. So... Luckily enough for him, I hope it's a ripper. Yeah. I hope he gets that six. Well, I hope for him it's, it might be a bit more high scoring no, than I, I, going all the way a, over that's there. still a tight game, and the atmosphere in that would be absolutely electric. So you just want something close. Yeah. Uh, and I think that will that will probably be the case in this one. Uh, I'm expecting a little bit more than that. 38 as an, a total in general is pretty low, I would have yep. thought. So... That'd be a good one, mate. I, I like it. Uh, for me and my bold prediction, uh, I'm saying that the Pac-12 are going to go all Pac-12-y on us. So uh, I've been kind of bashing them a bit this year, but only at their own fault in that they can't get out of their own fucking way. And their good teams are just always dropping games where they shouldn't be. And this week, I see two heavy hitters as big favourites. 
We've got Utah, who are 21.5-point favorites at home to UCLA, and Oregon, who are 27.5-point favorites at home to Arizona. In typical Pac-12 fashion, one of them's going to fucking lose. They're going to drop a game. And it's, like, inexplicable. May, like, I, I feel it's going to be UCLA to get the upset. They've been playing really well. I think they've won four on the bounce now. Utah are a good team, and but uh, it's just a Pac-12 thing. I yep. can see the writing on the cards. One of them's going to drop, and I'm going to be disappointed because I like where they're heading at the moment. They've got an opportunity to jump in. If if those two teams go undefeated and play off, then there's a real good case for them to make the playoff, and I think they deserve a shot. But it's not going to happen. One of them's going to lose, and then that's going to dilute the win of the overall champion, whoever that is, and it's going to fuck them. So. Predicting a real multi-killer, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay, cool. So there's our bold predictions. Um, maybe we'll jump into our game previews now. Um, All right. So, so I don't know how we, we want to run through this. There's, maybe we'll, we'll have a look at uh, the, the early slate and then we'll just fly through some games. I'll throw over to you for, for your thoughts or, or just jump in if there's anything that, uh, that jumps out at you for any of these games. I know there are a few games this week that uh, are really appealing like there's some some big matchups oklahoma baylor in in the big 12 is going to be awesome a navy notre dame has a real sneaky good feel about it georgia auburn we mentioned and then the minnesota iowa one like we get to see how legit this minnesota team are i don't rate iowa but that's a tough out yeah i mean we had a few good games last weekend and then a few more this weekend yeah 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 gone are those you know early season matchups where there's a bit of garbage on the schedule and a lot Appalachian of teams stay yeah, and- <laughs> yeah well i mean that's the better one it's kind of <laughs> like the towson and the shit like that where they're just running up points so we've got some some real good stuff so let's start uh sunday morning at 3 30 a.m there's uh, a number of games here I'm going to be getting up. Oklahoma State are playing, so there's probably enough here to, to keep me entertained as well across multiple screens. Kicking things off, we've got Alabama, Mississippi State. Uh, yeah, what's the line for that one? Is it 21 or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's about right. Uh, and Alabama tour is a question mark at this stage. Yeah, so that, saw him limping off at the yeah. end of the game last week. And then I think Nick Saban came out during the week and said he's fine. He hasn't heard it any further. And then... After that, they've said, oh, he's pulled up a little sore, he might sit. So that's one to keep an eye on. Uh, I don't think it really matters in this one. I think they're a much better team than Mississippi State at the moment. They're sitting on four and five and have been struggling a little bit. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it would have been a good time to still have Jalen Hurts in the team. Um, I think usually when a team has a loss like that, they can either go one or two ways. It kind of destroys them and they crumble or they come out and just want to put a hurt on everyone. Um, and I think Alabama will be coming out to put a hurt on everyone. Yeah, um, I, I think you're right because like most of the dudes in that program through their high school and college careers have not lost or they have, but they can count it on one hand how many times across their entire playing careers. Like these are the, the best of the best in wherever they've been. So they've always been really good teams. So it will be interesting to see they bounce back. I think they'll win that one quite comfortably uh, in my prediction. Uh, moving into the Big Ten, we've got Indiana and Penn State. Any any chance that Indiana can provide a bit of a, an upset here? They've been sneaky good this year at 7-2. and two. Uh, Any thoughts on this one? Um, I think Penn State are the better team. Um, I think um, it should be a pretty impressive Penn State win as well. Um, I think Indiana has not played a team like Penn State yet this year, and I think they will kind of struggle when they come up with them. Yeah, that, that's probably a fair call. I mean, Indiana are a tough one to get a bit of a gauge on. They're, they have had a really good run, but when you do look at it, I mean, the only two real decent teams they've had have been Ohio State, who they got trounced by, and Michigan State, who aren't even all that good. Mm-hmm. And they got done by both of those teams. Uh, when you look at who they've come over the top of, Rutgers, Maryland, Nebraska, Northwestern, none of those teams are looking very good at the moment. So... Whilst it's impressive for Indiana and, and they'd be happy to be third in the, the Big Ten East, I think you're spot on in what you've said that Penn State are a, a different base that they're coming up against and they're going to struggle a bit. Okay, let's move on to our next one here, just as I load up in front of me with this super fast machine that I have. <laughs> the old computers, a lot quicker than the one I would have had. <laughs> 
Uh, after that, we have another Big Ten matchup that's going to be of note. Uh, Michigan State, Michigan. Yeah. So a big rivalry matchup. Uh, two programs that are probably heading in the opposite direction. I think Michigan seem to have turned the corner a little bit and have been looking a lot better lately. Michigan State have fallen in a heap. They're really struggling at the moment. So where do you see this one going? Uh, yeah, I just can't see anything but a Michigan win, pretty much just like you stated. Uh, just two teams going in opposite directions. Um, Michigan State, they had that period a few years ago where they were playing some quite good football. Um, but yeah, that seems to have all gone out. I think Michigan will take this out pretty easily. Absolutely. And then uh, another one in the Big Ten, Wisconsin-Nebraska. A lot of early Big Ten games going on, isn't there? Is this, it's so fucking cold up there that they want it done before it gets nighttime and everything just freezes over? <laughs> Could be. Who knows? Uh, Wisconsin-Nebraska. You like this one or...? Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I'll be tuning into this one um, with how many good games there are this weekend. I'll probably have the dial set to a few other ones. Um, it'll probably just be one of those ones that I have on my phone and just flick over and see the score, just see how it's going. Yeah, I, I think that's probably smart because I have a a gut feeling that Nebraska are going to make this a football game. I I've really like Wisconsin across this year, but they've kind of very much dropped off the last few weeks, and Nebraska are a dangerous team. They haven't been very good, but I still see them as a dangerous team, and this is a sneaky little spot at home in Lincoln. I... I'm not willing to put some money on this one, and there are a few upsets that I will be throwing some money at this week. This isn't one of them, but would not surprise me in the slightest if you see Nebraska right in amongst this one down the stretch. Uh, in the SEC, we've got Florida and Missouri. Anything happening there? Um, Florida and Missouri. I haven't watched a lot of Florida or Missouri this year, to be honest. Um, I watched Missouri last week against Georgia. Um, I know Missouri are a team that are kind of up and down. You don't really know what you're going to get to them week in and week out. Um, I still think Florida will will beat them um, and quite easily. Yeah, they got absolutely smacked down by Georgia last week. So I think they were completely shut out, uh, blanketed. They also didn't have Kelly Bryant, their quarterback, uh, who transferred over from Clemson who has been quite good this year. But the last three weeks, Missouri's offense has just gone completely missing. And against a team like Florida, who have a very, very good defense, I don't see this being the week that it sparks back to life. Uh, I have Florida taking this one out. Whilst on the road, I, I think they're going to do it quite comfortably. Yeah, agreed. Uh, after that, we have Can Oklahoma State and Kansas. Uh, my boys up against the perennial Big 12 cellar dwellers, who are looking better than, yeah. than normal. But still Kansas, right? Yeah. Um, and they're going into Stillwater. I think Oklahoma State is is probably fairly confident going into this one uh, with good reason. And they should be, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they would be looking for Spencer Sanders to continue to mature as a quarterback, to be a little more careful with the football. He, he's an insane athlete. He, he's great out in open space. He can make the throws, but he has just made some pretty poor decisions across the year at... at some timely moments that have really let the team down that happens as a freshman quarterback. That's what happens. I mean, that's why you want these kids sitting. That's why you don't want to be throwing them in. And it's strange that we've had so much success from these young guys lately. It's kind of turned things around because historically it's always been you don't throw them in to the wolves like this because you see shit like this quite yep. frequently where we haven't seen so much of that. But I expect this to be a really good opportunity for him to continue on. Uh, moving along in the Big 12, we have TCU and Texas Tech, uh, two, four, and five Big 12 teams that no one really has a lot to yeah, for. Nah, I mean, nah. we both played with Dom, who's since moved on at Texas Tech, but yep. for his sake, let's hope they get up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, when he was there, it was the only real time I did watch the Texas Tech games. <laughs> yeah, and Lovick's a shit old, so. Uh, <laughs> moving along, we've got one of... Probably not the most interesting matchups this weekend, but for me, I think it is fascinating because you have UMass, who are, I believe are the worst football team in all of Div 1 football, and they have by far the worst defense in all of college football at the Div 1 level, versus Northwestern, who might have the worst offense in all, all of college football. So you've got like two absolute worse going head-to-head -head here. Uh, it's... This could be that no touchdown game that I was talking about. <laughs> well, or it could, or they could run up sixty. Like you just, yeah. who's who's going to be the one that kind of comes good? So, 
Yeah, that that I saw was interesting because I thought, oh, maybe Northwestern are good for that, and I think they're like twenty-seven point favorites or something. I'm like, they have they average seven, they average eleven points a game. Yeah. <laughs> but then on the flip side, I think UMass give up like fifty points a game. So yeah, <laughs> twenty-seven. That's a high. Yeah, that's a high yeah. margin. Um, so moving on to the six o'clock window, uh, we have the Navy Notre Dame game. So number twenty-three Navy uh, heading into South Bend to play against Notre Dame. Uh, this is probably not one that Notre Dame would have really had marked down on their schedule early in the year. That's something they need to worry about. But I very much think it is something that they need to worry about. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I think Navy are on. They're on a roll at the moment. They're playing with confidence. That's for sure. Um, I know Malcolm Perry is rushed for one thousand forty-two yards and had sixteen TDs. That's out um, of the quarterback position. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then he's. I know he's passed for seven hundred and twenty-two and then thrown five. Um, I think he's just running that triple option at a really high level at the moment. Um, and I did have a look at some stats in case you wanted to have a bet on it because I might consider doing it. Um, I know Notre Dame is 9-1 and one straight up in its last 10 games against AAC opponents, um, but they're just 2-8 and eight, uh, against the spread in those 10 Ooh, games. Okay. So I do think Navy will cover. Um, I mean, to win, they're just going to have to possess the ball and try and chew the clock down and just try and limit how much Notre Dame can get the ball. Yeah, no, I mean, you're spot on. You've got to take it easy here because I think the punting thing is <laughs> my game. <laughs> no, 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 I, I like that. And I have actually looked into this one myself as well with great interest. And the the public are absolutely smashing Navy on this one at the moment. So I believe the line opened up at nine and a half and it's already come into seven and a half. So all of the public money is on Navy at this stage. And you can kind of see why. I mean, they have been really good. Uh, they're rolling through everyone that they play at the moment. They're good on both sides of the ball too. Like they've got that tricky triple option that Notre Dame are not going to be accustomed to coming up to. They haven't had a long time to prepare for this week. But then defensively, they've also been very good as well. They, they haven't given up many big scores, many big plays. I really like Navy's chances in this one. Uh, and it could mean some... The heat on uh, Brian Kelly's seat could ramp up a little bit more, especially if dropping dropping a game to a a group of five team is a good way to see yourself in a bit of strife. Yeah, I think it's just the start of the game is going to be probably the most pivotal, I think. I think if Notre Dame can just stop Navy from scoring early, um, otherwise they'll just get that confidence and keep rolling with it. Yeah, correct. And and you do not want to be in a dogfight with one of these military academies down the stretch. I mean, Oklahoma saw it when they played Army last year and they went into that overtime. They managed to escape with a win. But if you give them a sniff and you allow them to possess the ball you're in for a hard bloody day, firstly. And secondly, there's every chance you come out on the wrong end of it. Uh, moving across to 7 o'clock, we have Ohio State and Rutgers. Uh, wow. I think I touched on it earlier. The The line is like the biggest away line, like favorite of all time. Yeah, what did you say exactly it was? It was, uh, it was like 50-odd points. Uh, 52 points, I think it's at which is just outrageous. It's a lot lot because you get 35 points up and you're pulling your starters, you're playing your seconds and then they're saying their seconds are then just going to keep rolling up on them too. So, I mean, you look at it, Ohio State's averaging over 50 points a game and they're only giving up just around a touchdown where Rutgers uh, are averaging two touchdowns a game, the 14 points, but they're going for over 36. So you can kind of see why. We've really got... The best of the Big Ten going up against one of the worst. It's it's not one that. I mean, it's one it's one of those things. though. you see the the fifty point spread and you think it's so outrageous, but at the end of the day, Vegas makes so much money from things like this, and they do know pretty well. So correct. It's, it's one <laughs> yeah. of those things. We'll check in on uh, Monday week, and it'll be like a fifty one point victory or fifty three point victory. Or yeah, these guys are insane at how close they get. But hey, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, after that, we've got an interesting one in the ACC, or perhaps, I don't know, I'll, I'll get your take on it. Wake Forest and Clemson. Wake Forest and Clemson. Um, so, yeah, Clemson, I think they'll keep going, keep doing what they're doing. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence isn't really doing as much this year as we kind of saw from him last year. Um, he's not looking like the dominant player that he quite was. Um, but I still think they shouldn't have too much of a problem um, with Wake Forest. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is certainly that uh, 
bloke who had the highest of expectations placed on him. Like he, he kind of came into this year that he was going to be the next transcendent talent and that he was already like one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like yeah. after one season of college football, they were talking about that. So he was always going to be up against it this year. Uh, and whilst he hasn't lived up to those, I think he's still been very good and still has an opportunity to continue to grow and get better down the stretch. Uh, Wake Forest have probably lost a little bit of gleam uh, from early on looking quite good. They lost that shootout to Louisville, followed it up with a couple of victories, but then got beat quite comprehensively by Virginia Tech last week. So they're certainly not probably the daunting task that I think others in the ACC or others around the country were really hoping that they would be. People want to see Clemson challenged and I just don't think it's this bunch. They're, they're, they're outclassed offensively, defensively. It's, it's, it's not going to be this one. And yeah, the fact that it's, that it's in South Carolina, in Clemson, just kind of does it for me. So I see Clemson getting that one quite Right it off. <laughs> All right, your boys, 7 o'clock. So yes. you get a nice, reasonable wake up. You can get up, make yourself a coffee. Like that, That's a sleep in, actually. Yeah, it's really good. You <laughs> never know what you're going to get with these games half the time. A lot of the time I am up at 2.30, 3 o'clock for the game. So it's nice to have a bit of a sleep in. Absolutely. Uh, Georgia and Auburn. So at Jordan Hare Stadium in Auburn, Alabama. This one's going to be a ripper. Yeah, yeah, I'm I looking think forward it is. to it. I, I hope it's not a 6-6 ripper like, like you've called <laughs> out, but who knows? Uh, it, it could be tight. Um, perhaps you can give us uh, a rundown. These are your boys. You'll know more about them than I do. Uh, how do you see this one going down? So I do think it will be a low-scoring game, not quite as low as my 6-6 <laughs> bowl prediction, but I do think it will be low-scoring. Um, as I said before, I still think we're the best defense in the country. Um, we've allowed zero t- TDs this season um, rushing, um, and we've let, uh, let an average of 2.7 yards per carry. Um, I think one thing that's going to be fueling Georgia this week as well is if we can keep winning out, um, we'll be holding Bama out from getting into that top four. Um, so I think that's also going to be playing on their minds. Um, I think Pickens is going to have a big game. Uh, he returns home against a school that he was committed to for a year and a half. So I think Pickens will have a good game. Um, and then we're just going to need From and Swift to just kind of keep doing what they did last week and just get back to what they were doing last year. Um, I think there's too much on the line for Georgia at the moment to kind of let this game slip. Um, as I said, the O-line's starting to hit its groove, and I think a lot will rely on Lawrence Cager to be healthy. He's our leading receiver at the moment. Um, he did his shoulder again last week, but at six foot five, I don't think there's any DB from Auburn that will be able to handle his height. So if he's healthy um, and we can just keep playing is the way we're starting to work up to, I think we should be able to win this. Yeah, no, that, that's great. I love how you and Kempi have such a clue into what's happening in the recruiting world. Like, you know all these boys and where they were originally committed and how that all is. I think that's because your team can actually recruit. Like, you actually get four <laughs> and five-star guys. As an Oklahoma State fan, I'm like, yeah, we just pick up the scraps from here and there. And we turn them into really good players. But recruiting's never been something that uh, we've been all that dialed into. So Yeah, no, nah, recruiting's gone a big thing. I remember... I mean, he doesn't play for us now. He's at Washington. But when we got Jacob Eason, I remember I was so excited the day that he was announcing his commitment. I had a mate from America call me the minute he'd done his decision. So I think I got that call at about 1.30 in the morning on a Wednesday morning or something like that. But yeah, I'm very it's, keep my eye on the recruiting when I can. It, it must be so insane for Australians who aren't all that familiar with the game to think about, you know, a 17-year-old kid has made a decision and there's people calling others around the world, celebrating, dancing, popping champagne bottles that yeah. that this has happened. Like, we've kind of got the, the AFL draft and that and that's kind of like the family's around and there's like a little bit of yay <laughs> and that's kind of it. Like... This is, it just takes it to another level. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like it's, it's kind of, it would be great to have that. And I know Oklahoma State basketball just signed the number one uh, recruit for this year. And that's unheard of for us. So I was kind of doing the same thing. I was up and about, I was texting Kempi like, you wouldn't believe it. And he's like, yeah, how much you pay for that? I don't want to know. I don't care. We got him. Beauty. It's an amazing feeling when you see a player go through high school and then up into your college 
and then you see them transition to the NFL and then go well, from that's there. It. You, you kind of you can follow them from such a young age because they they are clued in to who these kids are. Like as they're starting high school, they know who the really talented kids are. So they're on recruiting radars, and then they're on you know the message boards or whatever the news outlets are that are linked to your team. So you're able to follow them through that, and then when they sign for you, you're up and about, and you follow them a bit more closely, and then yep. they play for your team. And yeah, it is. It's it's a great aspect of this game and something that you know for those out there who are following your teams maybe get a little bit more dialed into the recruiting uh, get under rivals see, see it what's does make it there. a bit more enjoyable that's for sure that's for sure yeah um in terms of this game i i tend to agree with you i i, I like georgia in this one mainly because of the quarterback position so I, I see both teams quite similar in a number of areas i really like both sides defense i'm, I'm a huge fan of auburn's defensive line uh they've they've been Derek Brown's one of my favorite players this year he's just a, a machine up the middle there yeah but Bo Nix is a freshman quarterback who's doing an excellent job but he's still a freshman quarterback going up against one of the most experienced and talented quarterbacks and I think I've already mentioned this a couple of times on the show tonight uh and it's not a duel that he's in a great spot for uh, and he was able to out Oregon and Justin Herbert, which is awesome. I don't see a repeat of that. And even though they're at home here, I'm on Georgia in this one, and I think they cover up that two and a half points too. Yeah, I agree, and I really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, excellent. Okay, uh, moving on from that, uh, Memphis-Houston, which is one that's probably used to be a good game, and, and you kind of see on the, the schedule, and you go, oh, yeah, Memphis-Houston, but... Not so much this year. Houston are, are probably quite down uh, from what they have been previously. So I think Memphis get up quite easily in that one. Yep, yep. Uh, Texas and Iowa State in the Big 12. Uh, neither team really relevant anymore in the Big 12 or on the, on the national scale. And, and Texas fans would not like to hear that, but that's the harsh reality of, of where they're at this year with their three losses. Uh, will be an interesting one for Matt Campbell and Tom Herman as, as two kind of hot coaching prospects. Tom Herman obviously landed the dream job that is Texas. Matt Campbell's got bigger things ahead of him. This one could be a quality matchup worth watching and it's certainly something that I'll have on, you know, in the background. Uh, Keep the eye on. Yeah, that uh, if uh, Georgia or Auburn start to get away, I'm, I might jump onto that. Uh, also in the Big 12, we've got West Virginia and Kansas State. Um, not much going on there. I think nah. K-State win that one. It's a, a transitioning year for uh, the Mountaineers. Uh, moving over to the ACC at 7 o'clock, there's Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech. So Virginia Tech making their push for that coastal championship that I uh, predicted at the start of the year and that Aaron fucking hates. <laughs> so this one should be easy enough for them. Georgia Tech, whilst being okay, you know, like... Okay in the fact that I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in Power 5 football. They've been better than that. They're still not great. <laughs> nah, nah. Georgia Tech, yeah. uh, As you can imagine, I'm not a big fan of Georgia Tech. I think the only player that really came out of them that I liked was Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Um, and then I know Man Shumpert in basketball when he was a Nick, but that's about it. I think the only two good things to come out of Georgia Tech, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, fair shout as, as a Georgia fan. Beautiful campus they have there, though. Uh, yeah, in, yeah. In I didn't actually go see when I went over to Athens, Georgia. It was kind of a quick in and out. I was in for a, in and out uh, within a day or two, but I have heard it was quite nice. Mm, mm. Real smart kids there, too. Uh, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, couple of uh, cellar dwellers in the SEC. Who are you liking that one? Uh, Kentucky versus Vanderbilt. Um, I'll probably go with Kentucky. Yep. Um, I Mac, think Kentucky. Max Duffy's their punter, yep. best punter in college football, <laughs> game changer, all yep. about that. Yep. Yeah, no, nah, I think uh, Kentucky will get it done. I'm not sure what the line is on that one. No, I haven't seen that either, but uh, it's, yeah, two teams that are probably kind of used to being at, at this point. Kentucky's still fighting for bowl eligibility, 10.5 point favourites in this one, so yep. this will help them make that step towards that direction. I think they should get it. Uh now, 7.30, this is like this is a good week of football. There's a lot of quality that we've talked through so far. We've got Minnesota and Iowa. Talk us through your thoughts on this one, mate. Uh, I think Minnesota will get the job done. I know we've spoken a little bit about Minnesota. Um, I don't think Iowa has enough uh, offense for this game. Um, I think Iowa will try and slow them down on defense, but I don't think they'll completely stop them. Um, 
Although I do think one of the players to watch is Tyrone Tracy from Iowa, the wide receiver. I've seen him a little bit. I think he's quite good. Um, I know in the last two games he's caught, I think it's seven passes for 218 yards and two TDs. Um, but I still think after all that, I think Minnesota will get the job done. Okay, yeah. that's it, It's an interesting one because Minnesota are obviously riding that high, but they, they need to back it up now. This is a, a fairly tough outing on the road against a ranked Iowa team yep. uh, and a team that has been in most games that they've played this year. So even though they have three losses in the schedule, that's 24-22 last week to Wisconsin. Not not bad by any means on the road. It's a 17-12 loss to Penn State, again, looking okay, and a 10-3 uh, hiccup against Michigan. Obviously, they can't score fucking points. I mean, that's quite <laughs> clear from this, but... They wear teams tight. They're a disciplined unit, and they're not going to give Minnesota anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that they're at home, I, I like them in this one. Yeah. Uh, I-, I hope Minnesota win. They're that Cinderella story this year. I, I want them to keep winning. That- that's good fun. Really cause some havoc up the top there. There's sometimes that one team that you don't know why you like them, but you just like them. Well, and, exactly right. It's, that, it's, for it's me, that's different. Minnesota. It's, yeah, correct. Well, it's, it's the non typical blue blood like you want you want to see these guys keep winning and, and kind of mix it up with the big boys there don't think it happens but hey fingers crossed um moving on from there we've got Syracuse and Duke in an AC game, ACC game that no one really cares about uh if we're talking basketball yeah different story I, th- yep. I think we'd all be <laughs> dialed in but this one not so much uh Australia's team Hawaii go on the road Good road trip too, heading to Las Vegas to come up against UNLV. And just quietly in at six and four, probably looking the goods in this one too, about to go seven and four. It's been a good year for our Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. Yeah, yeah. No, they have looked good. Um, I think I watched the game a couple of weeks ago. I checked in and had a quick look at how they're going. Um, I haven't watched them a whole lot. Um, but yeah, I do like Hawaii. And like you said, it is a nice little trip into Vegas. I'm sure the boys will enjoy that, but Absolutely. I think Hawaii will keep rolling. I'm not sure if that's their crowd, though. I mean, they might be a little bit more laid back than that uh, party lifestyle. Well, California. But-, <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? So I'm glad as a friend of the show and a listener of the show, you've kind of also adopted that Hawaii love that all of us Australians now need to have. It's our team. 100%. <laughs> Since they came to Australia, I think most people have gotten on board. Absolutely. And it's a nice road trip if you want to go catch a game. Shorter flights, beautiful spot. You can get around out there and hang on beaches that are kind of similar to ours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, at 8 o'clock, we've got Stanford and Washington State, two teams that have been struggling in the, the Pac-12. Uh, both teams really need this one in order to become bowl eligible this year. So, so that's very much on the line. Uh, who do you like in this one? Uh, I like Stanford. Um, I, yeah, Yeah. I, I think Stanford will get the win. Um, I'm not sure, um, 100% on this game. Um, but I, I like this, and, and we can talk about this one a little bit more when we go on the punt, but uh, I feel like we're, we're kind of we're on a similar wavelength, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm vibing up. Yeah, uh, as I mentioned good. before, this is sometimes those teams, um, big fan of Stanford, um, I usually like it, their program, um, I just think they'll... I think they'll get it done. Yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm very much not a fan of Stanford. I don't like that stupid tree. I don't know why. Like <laughs> when we went there, it's just like, oh, yeah. They don't, they don't love football as much as other smaller things. Like yep. they've got more things to worry about, like curing cancer and shit. Like they're really yep. smart kids. Football's just something that happens. I'm more about those, you know, the SEC, Big 12, football is life down Texas programs. And I've kind of, yeah, I'm happy that I predicted Stanford being poor this year, but I, I like them in this matchup. I've, I've got good feelings for them this week. Uh, LSU now have a, a bit of a test uh, heading into Oxford up against Ole Miss. So they're a much better team this year, but massive letdown opportunity for them here. I yeah. mean, a couple of tough outings, riding that wave of success all over the news all week. Any chance that they kind of slip up here or? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be this week. Um, I think, yeah, LSU will keep going. Um, Then hopefully we'll see them later on in the year um, and then we'll give them a loss then, but I don't think it's going to be this week. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think they'll keep on rolling here and they've got bigger things in their future. Hopefully the SEC championship game is a bit different. Yeah, yeah. Um, So Cincinnati, South Florida... 
after that, Cincinnati will look to continue rolling in the American. Uh, 11 o'clock. So this is like we've, you've just got great games well spaced out this week. So now you can slot on 11 o'clock preview of what will be the Big 12 championship game. 8-1 Oklahoma, 9-0 Baylor. Uh, two top 15 ranked teams, which is just because the Big 12's a little bit disrespected. Uh, you like this one? What are you thinking? Yeah, I think this is another good game. Um, I think uh, for Baylor to have a chance to win, though, they're going to have to try and take advantage of Jalen Hurts' limitation as a passer. Um that's, that's such an SEC Georgia fan thing to say. Like <laughs> yeah, that. it is. It is. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Jalen Hurst, as you can imagine. Um, I know he nearly threw three interceptions against Iowa State, but they dropped them all. Um, He's only and then four on the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the fourth quarter interception, though, almost cost, cost them the game, uh, that one against Iowa State. Um, I think when, from what I saw when that pick happened, um, they were playing a variant of cover three. Um, with the corner going deep and the safety covering the flat. Um, and that is something that Baylor has played a similar defense in against TCU. Uh, they got an interception from it. Um, I think they play a ton of that. They played a ton against TCU and West Virginia. Um, I think Oklahoma will just rely on trying to run the ball. Um, I think they will get it done, but I think Baylor's defense will keep them in the game. Okay, yeah. I mean, Baylor are... Lucky that this one's at home. I mean, this is really a season where they've kind of had a fairly cruisy schedule. They got a good win over Oklahoma State. Uh, and then they've had some tight matchups. They get this one at home. So everything's lining up well for them. But they have looked far from convincing the last couple of weeks. So they played uh, West Virginia at home, who are not a very good West Virginia team, and only scraped over the line by three points. And then they needed three overtimes to get the job done against TCU after that one finished, what, six all? Hey, that was like yeah. your bold prediction. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so this is, yeah, a, a Baylor team that's probably a little bit ahead of where they actually are mm-hmm. in, in, in the love that they're getting. I think Oklahoma have certainly got some issues on the defensive side of the ball. So the last two weeks, they've given up 41 points to both Iowa State and Kansas State. And whilst Iowa State's offense is okay, they're not, powerhouse offensive units so that's really got to be concerning for them uh, and they need to start to be better on that side to win a bit more respect and recognition uh, yeah. in, in the national media because early on in the year they were doing well in that space they were keeping teams under three touchdowns against them while still rolling offensively and whilst they're doing that it enables uh the narrative to change a little bit people start to think oh Oklahoma's all of a sudden got a defense this isn't just a team that can score 50 points every week there's something that happened on that other side we might have something different going but the last couple of weeks has completely nuked that and that's out of people's heads and now it's just the same old Oklahoma who can put up points but when it gets push comes to shove there's nothing different there and because they haven't been able to make that step from the semifinals that they've been in, people are going to see that and go, well, we've, we've seen this same thing play out two times before. You didn't get an opportunity. You're not getting a third. And I think that works against them. Whereas if they can turn that around, the defense can start showing something, then it's a different story that they're trying to sell to teams. Yeah, I, th- I think they'll just keep relying on that run, try and chew the clock. Um, I know I saw a stat the other day that I think their third string running back is averaging over nine yards a carry. Um, over 40 carries or something like that. Yeah, um, well, and they, they need to share love. I, I think I did read during the week that, uh, is it Kennedy Brooks, uh, one of their starting running backs, is yep. now done for the year yep. uh, with, with an injury. So that will have an impact to them and they're, they're going to need to stretch out. But they do have an awesome bevy of backs. They're able to share it around. So they're in a pretty good spot there. And as, as much as I don't like Jalen Hurts, he can run the football. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. He, he's a, he is a stud. He, he's been really good in that offense. Um, so that's probably most of what we've got there. If we, if we close on from there, App State have got Georgia State. Uh, they should be okay there, but it's, it's another tough one for them. South Carolina, Texas A&M. Uh, the Aggies are at home against South Carolina. Georgia would like South Carolina to win so that their uh, loss looks that little bit better, but yep. I, don't, I don't see that happening here. Nah, nah, I agree. 
Uh, Louisville and NC State in an ACC tussle of two teams who are also vying for bowl eligibility. We've got Arizona State, Oregon State, very similar situation there. And then UCLA and Utah. So one that I think UCLA can really turn some heads on. Uh, I think they cover up. I, I, I really like their chance to win in this one. Uh, I hope not. I want Utah to represent the Pac-12. I want them to be a college football playoff team on the back of solid defense and good, efficient quarterback play. But I'm nervous. It's just such a Pac-12 thing. Yeah. I think UCLA once looked like an easy win for Utah, but Chip Kelly's starting to begin a little bit of magic and starting to get him going. Uh, And then closing out the really late afternoon, so 2 o'clock, 2.30, we've got... Arizona and Oregon and USC and Cal. I mean, this is a great time on a Sunday afternoon. You can go out on a Saturday night, get absolutely plastered, and still get up and enjoy some high-quality college football. Wake up, have some lunch, flip yeah, the football on. Absolutely. I mean, I don't recommend it. I, <laughs> I think stay in, have an early one so you can get up at 3.30 and then kind of have this as, as the way out and, and then just chillax and watch this in the afternoon. But... Wow, that's especially, a lot. Especially if you're going to have a punt on it. I mean, I hate having a punt and then not watching the game. If I'm going to lose money, I want to at least see how I lost it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great So I know who that. to blame. That's a great call. That. Although often when I am watching it and I'm out and about, it's on the phone and then things start getting thrown around the place when uh, it's not looking so good. Well, there we go. That was that was a bit of a stint, mate. Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of good games this week <laughs> carrying on from last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another full day of football. I'm sure the missus will be happy. <laughs> okay, let, let's drive this one home now. A couple more segments to go. We've got the championship draft. Uh, so this is our opportunity to pick teams into our draft. We've been doing it all year. So both Aaron and I have got 13 teams now. It's too many for me to read out. I'll, I'll post them somewhere, but... Aaron is beating me quite comprehensively. So at the end of the year, we're, we're hoping to pick two things. We want the team that wins the national championship. So Aaron has uh, LSU. I have Ohio State. The fans together have... Uh, so we can give them to you. You yep. can have Clemson and Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at for that one. And then we also are giving out points for where they end up ranked in the AP poll. So first is 25 points. 25th is one point. You get the gist. Aaron's currently got a sum total of 141 points. I am lagging behind on 121. So I really need like a top five team to get into my mix. So I'm really trying to help you today. Yeah, well, well, when we've picked 26 teams in total, it's going to be tough for me to pluck out a top five team from what we have remaining. Uh, I'm up selecting first this week. So from what we have available, I'm going to grab Memphis. Uh, They're available that... I, I could have grabbed them last week. I didn't. I went Notre Dame. I, I might as well get them this week. And then I've got the Cincinnati-Memphis combo going on. Yep. So I, I feel good about where things are at in the American and, and how, where one of those teams will end up ranked. What about you? What are you going to get for our boy, Kempi? Uh, so, Kempi, I hope you enjoy this one. Uh, I've got your Navy. Um, as we were talking about before, I think Navy are on a roll and playing with confidence. I think they're going to do some work against Notre Dame. Um, I'm not 100% confident they're going to win it, but I think they'll make it a very close game. I think they could steal it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give yeah. him Navy. And if they did, they'd certainly rocket up the rankings and, and that would give him another shot in the arm. Not that he, he kind of needs that, but uh, that would be a big one for him. So I'm sure he will not be upset with that. And you don't need to bother about talking to him on this because he doesn't listen back to these. So you can <laughs> give him as much shit as you want and he's not going to hear it. All right. Here we go. Everyone's favorite section of the week. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Here we go. So, on the punt, after our most successful week ever at here at College Football Down Under, we have another opportunity to continue this great vein of form that I'm in and get us back into the positive overall that's got to be the aim now right I'm, I'm three units down around three units down on the year so last week has got me all cashed up it's it's dangerous yep. I'm, I'm going to throw that out there because I do have this cash now and I did go through the games and I've got a sense of confidence that's probably misplaced so I'm looking at these ones. I'm like, yep, definitely this one, definitely this one. And I had a list of like eight games. I'm like, fuck, I know all of these. <laughs> I got 
but I got to reel it in. I got to rein it in. So I've, I've just picked the best of the best here. Uh, I've got a couple that I'm, I'm pretty confident of, so I'm going to lock those away. And then I've got two others, two big underdogs, uh, and I want your input on it, and, and I'll get that to help. So I, I want to stick with the same formula, pick three games, uh, and then a multi on all of them. So the first one that I'm going with is Michigan at home against Michigan State. Yep. They're 14-point favorites. I think they cover that one quite comfortably. Uh, Michigan State's defense is okay, but they are not traveling very well at the moment. And Michigan, I see as a team who are heading in the right direction. I think that they're going to look to make a statement in this rivalry game. They're at home. It's only two touchdowns. It's going to be more than that. Yep. I think it's going to be a lot more than that. So I like Michigan minus 14 there. I agree. I like that one. Uh, next up, I have Florida on the road at Missouri. Mm-hmm. So Missouri, not looking so good. Got spanked out by Georgia last week. They, they struggled to put up some points. Florida have been a, a very good football team all year. They're only giving up seven points. So yes, it is a, a road trip, but they're going to Missouri, not to Death Valley. Like yeah. I, I, I like them in this spot. Only seven points. We're going to take Florida minus seven. Uh, and then my last two, we're, we're going with... The recipe that worked last week, we're, we're going to pick an underdog to win outright. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. dangerous. So two Very that, dangerous. Two that you've kind of, you've spoken about as potential opportunities this week. So mm-hmm. first up is Navy. Yep. I'm saying they have an opportunity to win. So they obviously were uh, nine point. Uh, that's where the line opened up. It's come into about seven now, I think. So we can take Navy to win on the road uh, against Notre Dame. Or... As ten and a half point underdogs, Stanford over Washington State. Ooh, I did say I like both teams. <laughs> yeah, so so that's the other one that I that jumps out to me is an opportunity for them to win. Uh, Stanford, look, I, I I've been on record of saying I don't like this football team this year. I don't think they're very good, but I also do like David Shaw as a coach. Yep, and. Whilst Mike Leach is great at what he does, David Shaw is everything, and if not more. Uh, and if and if there's anyone who's going to squeeze something out of a game and try and get them in a position to go bowling, which they have done every year since 2008, I believe it's going to be David Shaw. So I like that one as well. So those are the two there. Where, where, where do you think, mate? All right, well, I do like Stanford, but I do think... I'm going to keep rolling with Navy, and I think Navy will get it done. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, they can win outright. I think, yeah, I know Navy is 10-2 and two against the spread in the last 12 games. Um, I just think they're going to keep rolling, and I think they can definitely win outright. Okay, there, there you go. I, I like so I'll that. I'll chuck in Navy. Beautiful. So we're going three units Michigan minus 14, three units Florida minus seven, three units Navy to win. We're going one unit on all of them. Yep. Then I'm probably going to separately, this is outside of this, but just personally, and if you know you guys are planning on have a bit of extra cash like I do this week, I'm probably going to get that Stanford one in there. I'm going to go all four of those as a multi. Yep. Let's get weird here. Let's Don't get crazy. Then on top of that, I'm going to go those four plus UCLA to beat uh, Utah okay. outright in yeah. a multi, paying 510 bucks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, That's not bad. <laughs> I'm going to throw a few units of that yeah. one and shit, we might end up buying a new car. Yeah, possibly get <laughs> back to America. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So there you have it. Uh, I've given my picks. I've also given an opportunity for you to put a down payment on a home. Uh, <laughs> As I said, I, I get away from myself when, when I start to get a little bit of wins. Sometimes the confidence is the curse. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and if there's anything I've learned, that is certainly the case. So there we have it. That uh, brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. Scotty. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been good. It's been absolute blast. You've been excellent, actually. You've come all prepared. You, I have. You, I had, a, had a quick half an hour at work today where I just wrote down some notes and yeah, no. just had a little look at what we're going to talk about. And You've done an absolute ripper job. I think this has been great. So thank you very much for joining me and thank everyone out there for listening. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Things are really growing for us here. So the, the listenership is, has been wonderful. Uh, the commentary that we fe- hear back on Twitter and Instagram and, and all of that please do hit us up and and let your friends know, uh, share the love because we're getting to the pointy end of the season and and it's good fun and we want to continue to grow this. And and if you're thinking certain things, we want to hear about it. We're we're probably, you know, joining along with you with with all of this stuff. So we want to continue to grow this community in Australia of of college football fans because it's such a wonderful game. 
I think the podcast that you're doing as well, it gives a lot of people that chance who don't know a lot about college football to actually listen and be more informed. So it is a good podcast where if you've got some friends that might even just be the slightest bit interested, just share it around because you never know who might start fully getting involved and heading over and watching games and then waking up at 2.30 in the morning like the rest of us. Correct. And if you're a fan of the game, the more people you can talk to about it, the better off you are. So share the love. Okay. Well, there we go. Thank you very much. On behalf of Scotty sitting in for Aaron this week and myself, we will see you next time.